Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Wow. We are at the end of season one. Of season one. Then therapy. We did a season. Isn't that crazy? Also, what is the season of a podcast really? Like, is it 20 episodes? Is it 100 episodes? Is it a time frame thing? It seems like everybody does it differently, but we're here to say that we're at the end of season one. <laughs> yeah. But you're just like, it's the end of the year. That's probably a season for us, right? Is that how mm-hmm. we said it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of like, 2020 has been quite the ride and we're kind of at the tail end of the ride. I mean, as we're recording this, it's mid-November, the elections happened. Um, I mean, it's not quite over. doesn't feel like it ever will be, but it's, it's, it's happened. <laughs> um, you know, we're still in the pandemic, all the things are going on, but from a timing perspective, 2020 is on its way out. Hmm. So it feels appropriate. Isn't it crazy to think we started recording these when the pandemic just sort of broke out? We were just like trying to figure out what this all was. We were on lockdown all of a sudden. And here we are. This has become very much like, you know, what we have adapted to as a way of life. You know, we've done so much virtually. We've done all of the recordings of these via Zoom virtually, where we thought we would be like getting together and recording podcasts. Um We've done, you know, a lot of like coaching therapy, um, group therapy, all virtual. It's just like a whole different world than when Fascinating we... how, how resilient mm-hmm. and how adaptable humans are, right? I mean, Absolutely. it's not to like disregard the fear and the discomfort that goes along with it, but man, we are very resilient creatures. Yeah, I feel like... Um, it's amazing how like stepping into the comfort zone of things that you thought, you know, wherever there's resistance. Like I remember being like, I'm just not someone who could do virtual therapy. That's just not really my jam. I like to be in the room with someone feeling their energy and, you know, having no choice but to try. I've really found like, I kind of love it. It's amazing how much I can still feel and, um, And it's just been like a lifeline to so many of us to be able to stay connected in all of these different ways, right? Like people are doing like Zoom parties and um, like weekly meetups or whatever, but it's amazing to your point, how much we've been able to sort of like say, well, this is how we're, we're doing things for right now. Yeah. And also to kind of use this as a way to like reflect back on where we were at that moment, how far we've come. I mean... I was sitting in a closet in a different apartment, in an apartment. I mean, not in an apartment anymore with like a four week old in the other room, (laughs) if that. And yeah, now I'm sitting here in a house with an eight and a half month old Mm. and wiser, I suppose. (laughs) More weathered, that's for sure. (laughs) But yeah, I think it does. Yeah. It feels like it speaks to this thing of like, wherever you are right now is where, not where you will always be. Like, I feel like that is so much of what I constantly have conversations with clients around, like in these difficult moments, right? Like 
you know, this is where I am right now. This is a wave that I'm in right now and it will pass and I will get through this and I will look back at this time um, just sort of in awe of what I got through. And certainly 2020 is just like such a profound example of that. You know, the collective amount of uncertainty and anxiety and challenge that we have all sort of had to ride and make it through. But here we are. I mean, we're almost to the end of the year and the challenges aren't all behind us, but we are still here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what does that say about, again, like collectively kind of how strong we are as a species, but also mm-hmm. um, what happens when we allow ourselves, I don't know, to actually use the discomfort as an opportunity to use it as a way to like dig in, to springboard into some work. I mean, I don't know about you, but on my side, I've seen not that it wasn't already kind of swelling before COVID, but I think this whole like online wellness movement has actually grown exponentially since all of this happened. And it's actually been kind of amazing to witness and also be a part of. And then I wonder if this whole COVID thing was a catalyst, right? Mm. Like it was the thing that pushed it into the more mainstream. And, you know, I mean, like my mom is sending me memes about anxiety now, like would that have been a thing, right? If, the COVID push hadn't happened. I don't know. I mean, there's no way to know, but it does feel like there was some swell behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you'd say that because I do think for me, and I, I know that we've talked about this before a little bit, but certainly so much of what we wanted to do um, in this podcast and the reason that we wanted to start it was to sort of like destigmatize, demystify like what goes on in therapy rooms. I'm still always so amazed by, you know, people saying just like picking up the phone to make mm-hmm. that first call to a therapist is terrifying. I hung mm-hmm. up a couple times and then, you know, when it used to be like I would be in the waiting room, I would literally be sitting there with my heart like dropping in my stomach and, um, and I had no idea what to expect, right? So we sort of said, like, we, we want to make this not such a scary thing. Like, what are the conversations we have? What does it feel like? And I think if anything, this year has really sort of pushed to the forefront normalizing mental health conversations, mm-hmm. right? Because none of us are doing great, right? None of us are just like, oh, yes, this is the skating year of my life, right? Uh-huh. Like, um, and actually, I take that back. In a lot of ways, I do think it has ended up being like a really amazing, profound year for a lot of people in a lot of ways, but not without challenge and not without discomfort, right? And so we've had to learn in a lot of ways how to navigate discomfort, stay present with ourselves when we can't sort of distract or outrun the discomfort. So um, in that way, I think it's cool. I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, the conversations I have with my friends are different, right? Like Mm. it's not surface. Um, several of us are unemployed, several of us are really struggling financially, whatever it is that I'm going through. And we're having conversations about that. And we just feel a little bit more real with each other. Our intimacy has increased because of all that we've been through this year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a stripping away, right? We Mm. don't have the kind of facades. I think you said this a little bit, like we don't have the facades that we were hiding behind before, right? We don't have the distractions that we used to have. We don't have the staying busy and the going out. And I don't know, a lot of the things that we just used to use to hide behind, a lot of that's gone because here we all are kind of stripped bare Mm. in our apartments doing Zoom in our pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) as drink as a freaking coffee maybe I'm talking about myself and yeah there's no there's no hiding um and I think some of us have actually 
I'm, I'm going to speak for myself in this. There's actually been something really freeing about that. Mm. You know, I used to be, unlike you, I was actually always totally cool doing online work, um, even though I'm a major extrovert, but I was always like, okay, you know, the lighting has to be perfect and I have to make sure that I'm in this setting and like nobody can be, you know, everybody's going to be really quiet and my makeup has to be done. And um, I don't know, that's changed. You know, I mean, I'm not going to show up to seeing a client in like pajamas with no makeup. Obviously there's a professionalism that needs to come into play, but <laughs> I feel judged. <laughs> I'm not. Well, yeah, but you look beautiful without makeup. I, on the other hand, I don't know. Still oh, figuring that one out. Girl. But, um, it, there's just a different comfort with it now, you know, there's like this human acceptance that everybody has like, oh, right, like your kids in the other room and like you're probably wearing sweatpants from the bottom down. Like I can only mm. see the button up shirt from the, the waist up, right? And because we're all in that together now, you know, like I've heard all these stories about people having meetings with like their CEOs and like the kids come in screaming, right? Or, or the partner comes in and doesn't realize they're in a meeting and how like humanizing that mm. experience has been for everybody. Um, it's pulled the curtain back and just made us all realize like we're all human. We're all struggling. We're all doing this together. Um, no one's kind of faring better than anybody else. And I love that. I mean, I love it so much too. And I feel like all of the perfectionism, all of the like, you know, comparing some of the highlight reels, like I feel like it's really given us an opportunity to like have that actual felt sense of questioning it. You know, I have so many clients who feel like they're just like struggling to keep their head above water. You know, so many people have kids that are not in school that are home with them all day while they're still trying to work. And the beautiful thing about being in a struggle that is that difficult is so is your boss, you know, your boss right. also has kids in the other room screaming and needing their attention. And so there's just a little bit of an increased, I don't know, sense of like, we're all in this together, a little more compassion, a little bit more compassion, certainly for ourselves. And that like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're not supposed to be able to do this well. This is not an easy thing that we're doing. And that you know, we're just navigating for the first time. Like none of us have been through a global pandemic. We don't before. have the answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Man, I know I've learned a lot. What, what would you say if you had to think about it? If you had to actually condense it down, this is going to be hard to answer. I don't even know what my answer is. Mm. What would you say is like the number one biggest takeaway that you've had from this last year? Oof. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I think and I, you know, you and I have a book club where we were reading um, the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And we were having a conversation the other night where something just like really came forward for me full force is just this thing of like accepting our nature is where our power lies, right? And that has been um, really big for me this year. I feel like there's all these ways that as much as this year has been challenging, I've really felt like I've been able to step into myself in a different way, step into my power, whatever that means or feels like. But a lot of that is because like so much of this year has been centered around what is my, my jam, you know, my way of being in the world, which is a little bit home in my pajamas, <laughs> like, you know, loving it, hiding away from the world. But, you know, all jokes aside, I think so much of what I talk with clients about is I think what keeps us suffering a lot of times is the resistance to our nature, you know, the shoulds. I should be this. I should be doing that. I'm at a certain point in my life. It should look like this. Um, what if we just sort of allow for where we are? What if we just sort of allow ourselves to be who we are 
without judging it. It just feels so different. I think there were so many things that were always so hard for me. Like I never felt like being social. I always like, if I was going to leave the house, wanted to be like coming over to your house and like, you know, doing like really intimate, like small gatherings with like depthy conversations. Like that's what I love. Right. And now we're in a world where that is the reality of what we're able to do. And I feel like I'm thriving and it's like, maybe I was never wrong for being the person that I was all along. You know, I think I felt a lot of internalized shame a lot of times that I didn't like to be out in the world, um, mingling and having small talk and stuff, you know, it just always felt like, why can't you do that? Why is that so hard for you? Well, and we know, right. I mean, we know this from like our work and our research and stuff that societally we place extroversion on a pedestal, right? Like we make it seem like if you're not outgoing, if you're not gregarious, if you're not, you know, sitting in the front of the room, um, socializing, having a ton of people around you, that there's something wrong with you. And Mm so you know, as an extrovert myself, I imagine for you that there, there is a lot of internalized shame that comes from that when you're hearing that from every angle, right? Um, and so good on you for actually being able to have some experience and some time of being like, yes, fine. Thank you, universe. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, good on the universe for giving that to you, I guess. But um, also putting words to it. I'd, mm. I'd say good on you for like... I'm sure you're not the only one, right? I mean, probably 50% of the population feels the same way that you do, if not more. And so mm-hmm. I think it's great that even in this platform that you and I have, be it small even, there's people out there that are hearing this that are going, yes, that's what I've been feeling, mm-hmm. right? Like being able to put words to it where somebody else maybe hasn't been able to. And I imagine there's somebody out there that's listening to you right now going, yep, that's what I've been feeling that I haven't been able to explain. And thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Thank you for that gift. Well, thank you for that mirroring. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to, to sort of reflect. What do you feel like has been that for you? Like what have been your greatest takeaways from this year? It's, I mean, it's a little similar to what you were saying in that I, I think when I started doing my like inner work, when I first started this journey around, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, um, there was a lot of shame around who I was as a person um, and like really wanting to change and fix who I was as a person. And in my mind, that was what self-betterment was about. That was what the journey was about, right? It was fixing. Mm. And I think in this last year, I've really realized like there's always improvements, right? There's always understanding and growth to be had and to make, but it's not actually about fixing ourselves. It's actually about, um, taking those things that maybe we once didn't like, or maybe Mm. I'll even say hated, um, and embracing them and actually like loving them a little bit more because they're who you are and there's like what has made you who you are. Um, and so, you know, for me, I guess to get personal, it's like, I've always been, and you know, upbringing obviously plays a role in this. I've always kind of been the mother. I've always been, um, you know, the caretaker. I've always been the one that plans and sorts and takes care of people. And um, when I started doing my work around codependency and understanding that, there was a part of me that always hated that about myself. Mm. Uh, and and look, I mean, when it's left unchecked, it can be unhealthy, right? It's codependency. Um, And it can be very uh, pushed against, I guess, or not accepted by others, especially if you're putting it on them without their wanting it. Um, But I think I've realized 
now that I'm actually a mom. Mm. And I pushed against the idea of being a mother for so long uh, that, you know what, these skills actually come in handy. Mm. <laughs> and um, I would venture to say that based on some of the conversations I've had with other mothers, um, I'm actually maybe struggling a little less in that area because these are skills that I've honed for the last 36 years of my life, for better or worse, um, that are now just kind of like natural for me. And I'm doing them, you know, I said earlier, like left unchecked. I'm doing them, I feel, in a checked way, meaning my natural nurturing is coming out. And now I have the tools and the understanding to not let it consume me, to not let it, um, you know, I, I'm not focusing on myself. I, you know, I'm putting others before myself to the detriment of myself. All the things I used to do when those were locked unchecked, that stuff is what I've worked on. So it's not that I have fixed the natural or maybe not the natural, but the learned kind of mothering, right? Mm. Um, it's that I've learned the healthy way to allow myself to step into that and still, and not lose myself in the process. Um, so that makes sense. I feel like I just, just rattled, but. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not only have you stepped into that, you have through your understanding and like cultivating like just such a deep awareness of like, this is how this shows up. You have been able to support so many other people in really looking at codependency. And that for me has been as your friend, really beautiful to witness, you know, like how many people will like Vanessa and I um, facilitate classes in the TAT lab and um, so many people will come into my class with like just this like deep awareness and they'll be like, this is something I like had a breakthrough and understand from something Vanessa was talking about. And I don't know, like I just, I think it's really beautiful as an example of the ways that, you know, um, I heard Mark Groves the other day, um, he was quoting James Holman and he was saying that, you know, people feel like therapy is what we do to like go and fix what's broken, right? And really what we do in therapy is we go and learn how to bless what's broken, quote, right? Mm. Um, and it's just like how we make sense of whatever has felt like our mess, our struggle, and realize that that is the magic within us. And then that is what we go out into the world and sort of becomes our message, becomes how we're able to support other people in whatever way that looks like, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that is the gift about doing this work is that we get to sort of alchemize it into something that is useful in this life. And then we get to be the person that is of service to others. And I've just like gotten to bear witness to you doing that this year in such a really potent, beautiful way, babe. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, alchemize is a good word. I think that 2020 has been a year of alchemizing, alchemization. Mm. Um, yes. <laughs> on so many levels. Yeah. Even like Mother Earth, right? I mean, mm. pandemic and, you know, California fires and there's been floods and hurricane, all the things, right? I just think that there's like universally in every sense of that word, there's been an alchemizing, alchemization happening. And for all of the things that have happened to everybody out there that have been awful, you know, people who have lost loved ones to COVID and jobs and livelihoods and i'm not minimizing any of that right it's all scary and hard and um there's still a lot of suffering happening mm. through that suffering let's hope that there is continued growth um but you know it, it's okay to be in a place of suffering right now 
too, as I say that. It's okay to not be on the other side thinking, uh, what have I learned from this? Or where is the growth in this? It's okay to actually just stay with where you are right now. And if that's suffering, then that's where you need to be. You know, you said to somebody the other day, actually, we were in our book club and you said, maybe maybe this just isn't the season for joy for you, you know? And that actually stuck with me because I think a lot of us do that um, too quickly or we try to do that too, too quickly. Well, but everything happens for a reason and what's the growth opportunity and what have I learned? And that's all valid. But if that's not where your psyche's at, then there's a reason for it and it's okay to just be there. So I was watching Inside Out for the first time with my little boy and I was just so moved by this movie. I love this idea of teaching kids from so little that, you know, joy is not the only feeling we need to make space for, right? Like if we don't allow for the sadness, there's a real consequence to that. Like that doesn't come without consequence. Um, I just thought it was such a powerful lesson and something that frankly, most of us didn't grow up feeling, right? Like we feel like um, something's wrong if I'm not mm -hmm. feeling joy. Something's wrong if I'm not like baseline happy. And I think that just doesn't allow for the truth of the nuance of who we are as humans, you know? Mm -hmm. um, there can just, there can actually be a lot that is true at the same time, right? Like I can actually be in the space of sorrow and struggling and deep gratitude and hope about like where things are headed. Like actually all of those things can be held at once. And sometimes mm -hmm. we can be in these moments where what I'm feeling is just like straight um, difficulty. And that is, you know, beautiful and necessary to be felt as well. Mm -hmm. hmm. 2020. Mm. I feel like we came on wanting to kind of recap the season and wanting to kind of, I don't know, project maybe or get excited about our next season and as Danae and I so often do which is kind of I would say the basis of our relationship we start somewhere and then we end up somewhere else and it's always beautiful and deep and <laughs> the journey is always amazing um yeah I'm, I'm grateful to all of you out there for listening and for being with us on this journey for sharing your space and your ears with us uh, and I hope that you guys are as excited about season two as we are. And, you know, we do have an email set up. I know most of you guys, I'm sure, follow us on Instagram and you can always DM us there too. But there is an email that I set up a while ago. So if there's ever like a burning question or a topic that you guys want Danae and I to, to kind of meander around or mm -hmm. roll over, um, you know, in our heads, please email us. It's um, cheaper than therapy, the pod at Gmail. And uh, we're going to start doing maybe some Q&As so that we can get some, you know, topics from you all. Um, and we're open to new ideas always because I feel like this podcast, this conversation almost belongs to everybody else as much as it belongs to us. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been what's been exciting, you know, to have people come on for coaching sessions that have been like, you know, I listened to you guys do a coaching session and it really sort of resonated with where I am. And so I wrote in and wanted to talk to you guys. And it just feels like as we're growing, it's starting to feel a little bit more like community and mm -hmm. we're really excited about some of the guests that we've got coming on next season. We're starting to record those now. Um, and so if you guys are enjoying it, make sure you, you know, do us a favor and just leave us a five-star review and subscribe. 
subscribe, subscribe, and you know, tell your friends. Maybe take a screenshot and post on social media because um, we just really love having these conversations and being able to sort of build this community with all of you. Yeah, and algorithms are real. So the more you show <laughs> us love, the more people get to hear it. Um, we live in an age of algorithms. It is our our language, uh, or our currency rather. Um, yeah, thank you, Danae. Thank you for showing up and holding a mirror to me and mm. challenging me when needed and supporting me when needed and just being you and being yeah. my soul sister. Right back at you, babe. I think that is actually, I will, I will add that to one of my favorite parts about this is that I feel like if we were in this moment of 2020, much of which we've had to sort of be locked away either with a baby or, you know, on lockdown, um, I just would have had as much quality time with my girl. And I feel like we've had these like regular check-ins where we get to connect, even if it's in our closet for a half an hour. And it's just been a really sacred time with you for me. So Agreed. thank you. Mm. I love you. I love you. And we love you guys. Yes. <laughs> So much love. Thanks for listening to our love fest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you in season two. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. Mm-hmm.